You're listening to The Solution, a podcast by Growers Mineral. I'm your host, Russell Bobel. Last week, our director of research, Jim Hallbison, wanted to stop by to talk about the horrible explosion that happened in Beirut, Lebanon. This episode was recorded on August 7th, 2020, three days after the explosion. Information may come out after the time of this recording, which may alter the way that we view this event. Our thoughts are with those who died and all those who were affected. Now, over to Jim for his opinion. A ship full of ammonium nitrate. Ammonium nitrate, in 1947, a shipload of ammonium nitrate in uh, one of the harbors down in Texas did the same thing. And they said when that ship blew up, they had 15-foot waves that progressed out to other parts of the inlet where they had uh, the ship docked. And that we studied that in chemistry. It was, I was a freshman in college showing you the energy that is contained in the nitrogen itself. And see, in this country, you no longer can get ammonium nitrate because of that very fact. Now, you have liquid ammonium nitrate because it's stable in the water, but uh, you can't find dry ammonium nitrate. And that energy of nitrogen is one of the factors farmers rely on to get the crop to green up. And see, that's just a, uh, this kind of confirms that, and a lot of guys uh, don't realize that, that that's why ammonium nitrate really disappeared from the from the market. So to kind of back up, do you want to talk a little bit the actual explosion, what happened there, just kind of fill people in sure. who maybe yeah. haven't heard or didn't yeah, see the yeah. video? Well, see, now the... I don't know when that happened. I think it was in the 80s or maybe the 90s in um, um, Oklahoma City where the guys pulled up that box truck or box van that was loaded with ammonium nitrate and they they um, blew off the front of the federal building there. They were, you know, uh, hardcore conservatives that were against, you know, big government. And they, they soaked it. You see... The chemistry of that is you got to get it hot enough in there to actually get the explosion going. If you just burn it, if you spread it on this table and set it afire, it probably won't explode. But if you take it and put it in a barrel and burn it, it'll probably explode for you. So do they know at this point who, who was behind it? Or was it an accident? I assume That's it- what they don't know. This, it was, this ship was owned by a shipping magnet and he, um, uh, they confiscated the ship, and it had this in it. And I don't know if there was anything else in there, but most reports are saying 2,700 tons of ammonium nitrate were in this particular ship. Now, what he was doing with it, nobody really knew. But when they confiscated it, that's where they um, moored it there at uh, Beirut. And it was in there. And people kept telling them, you got to do something with it because it's, it's like a floating bomb. And that's really what it was. Now, what set it off is now the question. Did somebody know that it was sitting there and they put something in there to explode it or to get it to explode? Or was somebody welding on something or uh, something went shorted out in the ship that actually ignited it? And see... Anyone that's seen pictures of it when it actually exploded, 
you could see the mushroom crowd from it. I thought it was a nuclear explosion at that point, but it was so much weight of the ammonium nitrate. And I mean, it. there were guys taking pictures of the fire itself. Well, then when it finally exploded, all that compression came and you could see the waves in the atmosphere of the compression itself with all the, you know, the shrapnel and stuff that were flying off of it, see. And for farmers, that's why ammonium nitrate is not available anymore. Back in the 60s and 70s, well, more 70s and 80s, guys would side dress with ammonium nitrate as dry product. They, when their corn got up 8 to 10 inches, they would go through with a dry fertilizer buggy and just throw the ammonium nitrate out there, and it wouldn't burn the plant tissue. Now, you do that with urea, you burn the plant tissue. But that's why guys can't get dry ammonium nitrate anymore because of somebody buying a bunch of it and making a bomb out of it, basically. So uh, you can buy a liquid ammonium nitrate. 28 and 32% are a mixture of urea and ammonium nitrate, but the fact that it's already in the water stabilizes it so that there's no way you can make a bomb out. If you tried to dehydrate it, uh, you would have so much water and it still wouldn't give you the explosive characteristic that you'd have. Yeah, this says here that there was a, a six-mile radius that of, of carnage yeah. and the blast was felt over 100 miles away. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the, like I said, when I saw the first pictures of it on TV, <clears throat> I, I didn't know what had happened and it looked like a mushroom cloud. So I thought it was like the uh, atom bombs they dropped, uh, you know, on Japan. But it was just so much of it. See, at the Mirror Building in Oklahoma City, they, they had, you know, probably possibly a ton of it or, or half a ton or whatever. Uh, this thing was like, you know, 2,700 tons. So the, the volume of it is just... But see, that's the explosiveness of nitrogen. Nitrogen is a very... When it's bonded to itself, it's very stable. But when you solubilize it, you release a lot of energy and see a lot of corn farmers take advantage of that. When you put that nitrogen on and it greens up and, and gets more volume, that's from the energy in the nitrogen. But the problem is if you blow up the plant too much vegetatively with the nitrogen, then the plant can't maintain itself. It has to keep aspirating more nitrogen out of the soil. And if it's not there... Uh, then they run into trouble at the end of the season as it gets drier and you don't have as much water. The plant starts to scavenge out of its vegetative growth to fill its kernels. And see, that starts to ding away at the yield because you don't have enough there for the kernels or the sturdiness of the plant gets weaker and then it tends to fall over on you. So nitrogen is a, it's a very helpful element, but you've got to be very careful with it and not overdo it because the old idea that more is better, that it just it doesn't work. It'll give you troubles in the long run. And see, that's what we've had as farmers have tried to blow up yields. And then the other factor is at the time you put it on, if it doesn't get utilized or trapped uh, by the plant, then it starts to wash away and then it ends up in the recreational waters. As you said, everything has a limit. So water will, and certain excess will kill you. Almonds sure. have a certain amount of cyanide in it. Yeah, absolutely. So. absolutely. Well, you take uh, selenium, for example. That's a, that's a element that you need to make your immune system work. But if you get too much selenium, you can get into toxicity, see? So you've got to place everything in a proper perspective and not use these things as a crutch. You know, f put it in there at a rate that will really give you success and not problems in other avenues. 
And is that vary a lot from farmer to farmer to oh, yeah. figure out the, the right yeah. rate? Yeah, absolutely. Some guys, you know, they, they <clears throat> you try to push that yield by getting that higher level of material in there. The, the theory of the limits uh, of excess, in other words, if, if you don't have enough nitrogen on, you're never going to reach your, your total uh, effective yield. But if you overdo that and can't get to that higher yield, that nitrogen is going to go somewhere. And the fact that it is very active, that means it can move very easily. And that's why we end up with it in these water systems. Either it leaches through the soil as a nitrate into a well or washes off the surface and ends up in, uh, in, a, in a creek that ends up in, into a lake eventually or in the ocean possibly. I mean, I think with a lot of this kind of stuff, you hear about the point of diminishing returns where you only put so much on. But it sounds like with this, it's, once you get to a certain point, it's not just diminishing returns. It's, it's going to yeah, be yeah, well, pretty you, negative. Yeah, that's right. You've got consequences you have to deal with. See, and again, that's where the farmer has to decide, you know, how can I approach that problem? And see, right now, you know, with the dicamba problem, uh, the judges have come in and said, hey, that's it. You're not going to use it anymore. So can we get the nitrogen in such excess that they eventually do something like that with nitrogen? Most farmers, I shouldn't say most, some farmers believe that that'll never happen. But <clears throat> we never thought that they would take away a weed control product either. So uh, I think farmers have to start deciding, you know, how, how can I monitor this and keep it in a level that I can live with, but I know that not that much is getting away from me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe and share with a friend. If you'd like to learn more about the Growers Program, visit our website, www.growersmineral.com.